Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm George. And I'm Amanda. George and I are both in Zephyr A. This is season 32 for George and season 28 for me. This is day two of season 100. Our first question asks us, uh, what company did Adam Curry become famous working on camera for? Yes, and notes kind of amazingly that he registered and ran their domain name starting in 1993. Um, But... Honestly, that almost threw me off the, the answer to this question because I only know Adam Curry as a VJ for MTV. Mm-hmm. Um, he hosted a, a whole bunch of different, you know, segments with them. And uh, yeah, I can practically see him on like, I think he did the Headbangers Ball set. I think he did the, um, uh, like there was an alternative, like 120 minutes. I don't know if he did 120 minutes. But, you know, he was... I thought he was more mainstream, but okay. More so, I think, yeah. Um, So I maybe just placing him in In different segments because he was kind of ubiquitous on there. He Mm -hmm. was just on there a lot in the 80s and 90s. Um, But, yeah, I I could tell this question was dancing around the idea of him being VJ, basically. So uh, I knew this had to be MTV. Yeah, um, I I knew that he had kind of always been uh, a a tech guy, uh, mm. if only if only on the user side. Like I, I know that he was one of the earlier podcasters. Okay. Uh, so yeah, this fit right in, and I, I figured, oh, okay, yeah, he must have been uh, the the MTV webmaster essentially. I guess even before there was a web in '93. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this I I also. Uh, remember Adam Curry being on MTV a lot in the 80s and 90s. Yep. That was our Gen X <laughs> right Definitely down the Definitely the Gen X sop right there. <laughs> uh, it, MTV was, of course, the correct answer. Uh, it doesn't even bother to spell out music television nope. in this case. Uh, although I assume people would not be marked down for doing so. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's... In fact, it's such a Gen X sop that it's weird to read this question as also famous for these other things <laughs> yeah. as though I should have any idea really of what Adam Curry is during doing currently mm-hmm. and, and not have him be just sort of frozen in amber in my own personal mind. Yep. Question two asks us who set a bunch of records in college uh, track and field in the women's side. Uh, so the female current track and field athlete that I know is Shikari Richardson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know her more for, I believe she popped hot for marijuana mm-hmm. after some race or another and was disqualified to the amusement of athlete, people who know <laughs> athletics and people who know weed. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's, let's find the least performance enhancing drug possible and, mm-hmm. and, uh, disqualify her for that. Um, but she has, uh, more recently, I believe, been one of the athletes featured in NBC's Olympics previews. Okay. Uh, they do a lot of uh, of ads of that are that are very like kind of weird almost of like an athlete performing their athletic thing and then it CGI's them into like a, a Paris skyline oh. or standing in front of a Paris skyline okay. and then they just sort of stand there for like ten seconds. Huh. Which doesn't sound like a lot of time. That's a lot of time. But just, yeah. The the next time you're in a room with someone, ask them to just kind of 
stand there and sort of slowly pose at you for 10 seconds and it'll be <laughs> weird. Yep. Uh, but I, I, I think she's one of those. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's why the name is is in my mind as, and, and it doesn't connect any of any, any of this to her, mm -hmm. but she's the, the female track athlete that I know yeah. at the moment. Mm -hmm. So I crossed my fingers and said Richardson. Yeah, this is one where um, <clears throat> I n honestly know her mostly because of that connection uh, with the marijuana testing, which she was understandably furious about mm -hmm. being disqualified, I think from the Olympics, the previous Olympics, mm. over that, um, and or what would have been the previous Olympics. I can't remember what they did in 2020, because that's when that would have been. Mm -hmm. um, and so... Uh, as it happens, uh, we had in my department a uh, preventive medicine resident rotating through who developed a presentation on issues, public health issues around marijuana for us. And she included uh, Shakiri Richardson's story about as an example of um, kind of like the um, disparities and how people get treated for different mm. drug offenses mm -hmm. um comparing her to you know russian athletes who have been uh you know shown to be doping basically um and you know might even be teenagers but like their coaches are setting them up for this kind of thing or whatever and they get you know a suspension but they can still compete or that you know mm -hmm. they get some other mm -hmm. penalty that isn't complete disqualification that the black woman of course you know gets for for again a drug that is hard to argue is performance enhancing in any way mm -hmm. um and i know that she had mentioned that you know she had used it in the wake of her the death of a relative i think mm. um that, that she was dealing with some emotion, some emotional stuff um in that fashion but um also you know kind of on the same wavelength like she is the female track and field athlete that i know of who is extremely good and, you know, just very, uh, prominent, uh, you know, like that she's the only one I could name for mm -hmm. sure. And so that's how far she must have risen in the consciousness of, uh, the world because, yeah. you know, um, if, if I know a track and field athlete, then they are famous. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did put down Richardson as well and was reasonably confident like that, the part about her being from LSU and stuff like that kind of tracked from what I vaguely remembered. Um, so, yeah, I went with Richardson. Yeah. Uh, I will point out just for the record that I, I was very precise to say the only current female track athlete I know. Oh, yeah. Uh, because the the uh, former track and field athlete who is still performing athletically uh, includes Bianca Belair. Oh, really? Who was a very good runner at Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. And for the benefit of people who don't watch wrestling, she's now a wrestler. She's a WWE wrestler, yeah. yes. <laughs> Question three asks us for a 19th century American politician after whom the westernmost point of the mainland of the continent of North America is called. So this was the one that I was least confident about <laughs> overall um, because... I certainly, you know, zeroed in um, to the fact that this had to be the the tip of Alaska, basically, that extends out into um, the ocean there. And 
what I couldn't think of is, would, is that like the Bering Peninsula? Because that's the Bering Straits and the Bering Sea, I think, are both up there. Mm-hmm. So is that the same name? Or is this sure. about Seward? Because Alaska was Seward's folly about, you know, he, I guess, arranged the deal for us to purchase it from Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I say us like I was there um, <laughs> for the United States, of course, to purchase it from Russia. Um, and then I try to think, are there other like, you know, I try to think of the the long serving senator from Alaska. And I couldn't mm, forget okay. the guy's name, you know, for that. And just, you know, really Seward and Bering were the only two names that I thought were plausible for this and i ended up going with seward because i thought this is probably about the politician who arranged the purchase mm-hmm. of that state so um i thought it was likeliest to be seward so i went with that yeah i just immediately figured this has got to be seward mm. for the folly and all i briefly thought wait what about bearing i thought no i'm pretty sure bearing was a sailor not I a think politician you're right. yeah uh, so I, I will go back to Seward and I also don't think Bering was American, but, okay. um, so yeah, Seward, it, it almost had like, it's either that or Lincoln. <laughs> and I, I feel like there would, Seward is m- much more apparent that you would name something in Alaska after like that. Sure. So I'll go with Seward. That was the correct answer. Uh, question four asks us to fill in a blank uh, in a final scene of Hamlet that is also the title of a 1966 play. Uh, yeah, I I figured immediately the 1966 play has to be Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I almost what almost waved me off of it was that doesn't fit iambic pentameter in these lines as presented. Um, and you know, partially because Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead is longer than any of those other lines generally. Um, but then I, I realized the first one, the first line given is the site is dismal, mm-hmm. which is also not iambic pentameter. Mm-hmm. It's way too short to be. So I figured eh, it's gotta be that. And I kind of thought, is it Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead is the title of the play. Is it just Rosencrantz and Guildenstern? That would fit better. Uh, is it Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are here? It's not, am I conflating it with waiting for Godot? That we're like waiting for Rosencrantz and Guildenstern? No, I'm pretty sure that Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead is, I, I think that's it. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm not 100% certain that that actually appears in Hamlet or whether it was riffing on something else. Like maybe mm. there was some other thing close to it, but I just I kept coming back to it and thinking that's got to be the title of the play, because that uh, sixty six sounds about right for when that play would have been would have been out, mm-hmm. um, and I can't imagine that like no the famous play Rosencrantz and Guildenstern Dead actually came out in nineteen sixty eight and it referred to this other line from this <laughs> that was the title of this nineteen sixty six play that nobody's heard of. Uh, that's that's another one of those like. Thorsten wants you to get it. He's not going to give you this insane uh, trick thing that's uh, that's you know, referring to another thing. So, yeah, I'm just going to say Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Uh, and then I had to think about, does Rosencrantz end with a Z or an S? I feel like mm. it ends with a Z. Is, is the Z in the Rosen part? And that just spiraled <laughs> me for a 
good several minutes and just oh, no 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 just go back to what you thought it was ROS NTZ Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead done okay let's go yeah so um I had a similar train of thought um I did notice though in the line that is uh, quoted in the question here the word that appears before the rest of that title mm -hmm. of the play mm -hmm. so then it does fit iambic pentameter does it that Rose and Krantz and Guild and Stern are dead. One, two, three, four, five. So, oh, okay. Um, it is a little confusing because the site is dismal, does not, but the rest of those lines yeah. do fit into that meter. So, yeah. um, I that once I, I kind of did that double check as well, but but I, I think I would have had the same thought process even if I hadn't gone to that part. Like that would have been, uh, you know the only possible answer I can think of. I feel like we've had uh, questions about this play like kind of recently. Mm. Um, and, and I could be wrong about that, but it, it felt like, huh, we're looking at this one again somehow. And I, I don't know where I, where I, why I think that. Um, uh, it certainly isn't from this most recent off season because I, didn't play any of the mm -hmm. the one days this time around i was just not into it this particular time around um but you know i knew that this was uh you know that that's when the play came out um i've seen the movie that was made of it which came out in the late 80s i think i want to say 90s um, but i could be wrong it might be early 90s because i know that uh i think i saw it in college so that's mm -hmm. probably right um but and it is a really kind of it's almost kind of a screwball comedy of a play in certain ways mm -hmm. um but you know that was enough to be like if it's not this because the you know they're they're characters in hamlet they're these kind mm -hmm. of small time uh goons um and they're they just have a little tiny role there but the play expands upon that of course um yeah it just i, I just kind of had the knowledge that this existed basically um and so i put rosencrantz and gildenstern are dead as well uh the last time it came up was in season 94 okay and the question was if you look on every exit being an entrance somewhere else is a quote from act one and the essential foundational premise of what 1966 played by tom stoppard ah right it's also the only Tom Stoppard play I know, I think. Yeah. So it's definitely the only one I know out, by, you know, by name so. and uh by and playwright. Yeah. Yeah, so that I mean uh on the one hand it's not overly similar of a question. It just no, happens to converge on the same yeah. uh topic. Yep. Question five asks us for a common, often age related medical disorder that is also a geographical term that means waterfall. So this would be a cataract um, that just came right to mind as, you know, definitely an age-related disorder. Uh, and I don't often think about the waterfall connotation of that or even realize that it kind of directly relates to the name of the disorder. Um, but uh, yeah, that I figured that this had to be a cataract because it definitely fits both sides of the uh, the question. So that's what I put down. Uh, yeah, I this this one gave me the most trouble. Oh, uh, which is to say, not 
as not much. much. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I don't be like, not much. But yeah, when I did my initial read through, uh, I this was one that I was just like, wow, I got whoa, nothing. Whoa. <laughs> uh, I looked at him again later and thought, okay, I'm not going to get the medical disorder. So what's a what's a term for a waterfall? What's another word for that? And for some reason, just bam, cataract. Mm. And I kind of thought, no, that's not right. Because I felt like, uh, I, I thought that a cataract was like a series of rapids. Mm. Like that was kind of the more formal name for it. Like uh, kind of a kayaking thing. Mm-hmm. The cataract rather than a waterfall as such. Especially a powerful waterfall. Because okay. I think cataract and I think at at worst or at best, at largest, kind of one of those ones you see a kayak go over. And it's oh, like sure. half the length of the kayak, but you know, it's like definitely a waterfall, but not like, mm. not like a Niagara Falls kind of waterfall, but just sure. kind of like, oh, you know, this is, this is the exciting part of the kayaking race that they show on ESPN. <laughs> sure. um, yeah. So that was just, but, but then I thought, yeah, but that's the perfect definition of uh, common, often age-related medical disorder. Yes. That is, that is cataracts. Yeah. Um, and I don't know the etymology of how it, how that word got to both of those things, but mm-hmm. sure, yeah, that definitely, uh, that definitely jibes. So I'm going to go with cataract. And that was the correct answer. Cool. Finally, question six asks us uh, about a 19th century painting that recreates a historical event at a river. Um, the painting painted by a German, but the river is not in Germany. Uh, this has got to be. Washington crossing the Delaware. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as soon as I thought that, I thought, yeah, now that I think about it, that was painted by a Mm -hmm. non-American, at least by birth. I don't know whether uh, Leutze lived in the U.S. at the time or whether he just was doing stuff from afar. (laughs) Uh, But everything kind of fit into the the appropriate slots there. Mm if only because historical events at non-German rivers, uh, <laughs> historical event at a river, there's not mm-hmm. like a bunch. True. You know, there's like baptism, Washington crossing. There's a lot of paintings of rivers, mm-hmm. but they're mostly landscapes you know, or, you know, uh, architectural studies and the like sure. rather than historical. So I tried to think of like other historical events at rivers and this just kept coming back to, it's gotta be Washington crossing the Delaware. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm going to say Delaware. So let me ask you, cause mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, tend not to know this level of detail. Was Magna Carta signed near a river, or is Runnymede just a place that uh, sounds like a river? I think it's a meadow. Okay. I think it's probably near a river, but I mean, like, they weren't in—they weren't crossing the river while they did it. No, 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 yeah. definitely not that. Yeah. Um, Although I guess this doesn't really say crossing as such; it says at a river. So it does. Yeah. 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 Could have um, been that. Yeah. So yeah. If so it was, I, yeah, I, I think I think Runnymede is a meadow near a river. Okay. So, but so I, yeah, could have been. That's a good point. So I, yeah. I only ask by way of noting that when I first read this question, I had mm. that moment of panic of light. I'm not going to have any idea what this is. And then it got <laughs> to the, you know, 
that non-German river part, and I just kind of went, well, that would fit Washington crossing the Delaware, mm-hmm. which is one of the only sort of prominently, like, the name of the river is in the painting, which is probably not that unusual for just landscapes and things like that. But this is a historical event, mm-hmm. and so it feels like it's got to be a specific, like, you know, some again, something like you said is prominently, you know, known to us in history. Um, and so I figured, you know, could it have been a German painter doing that sort of after the fact? Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, I want to say that we had plenty of German or allies from that area of Europe and that, of course, people from Europe traveled around to, you know, to, uh, pursue these sorts of things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just figured this was probably about the Delaware River that Washington was crossing. Um, And so I put down Delaware. And that was correct. Mm. Which means that we both beard it today. We both beard it today. Very exciting. That's a a great way to start the season. Yeah. Um, Of course, I started the season pretty well last season, too, and then... Mm. Well, the I mean, law of averages caught up to me. It can always go south, but, you know, got to enjoy it while we can. And for that matter, yesterday with my beer, uh, the person uh, uh, who was up against got four correct, and I defended it perfectly. Mm-hmm. So it gave me like five, you know, MPD mm-hmm. on top of uh, the win, which put me in first place, like in the actual number one slot. Yep. Now, technically that I was tied with the person in the number two slot because mm-hmm. they did the same thing. Uh, but my name is alphabetically ahead of theirs. Yeah. On behalf so. of those of us in the, <laughs> in the back quarter of the, of the alphabet, <laughs> go after yourself. Sorry. Uh, right. Listen SM, now. but yeah, yeah, they're, they're used to it. They've never been in, they've never uh, been at the head of a line in their lives either. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, but I, you know what? I, I still took a screen cap of it. So. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, that, so that definitely a rip roaring start, uh, <laughs> as these things go. And we just have to, to hold on while the roller coaster goes up and down. Yep. Um, so we'll see if it turns out to be a season that's a little more amenable to, uh, to us doing well. Um, but, uh, as you noted, we play each other on Thursday. Yeah. Tomorrow as you listen so, to this. Yes. Um. And so, uh, thankfully, it isn't uh, on Valentine's Day that we have to be a house divided. Uh, that could have been could have been a little rough. Um, but yeah, what can you say? Like it, I, I, I'm not sure. I definitely had a hard time defending this one um, hmm. because when you know all the, the answers, yeah, it's sometimes hard to decide easy. what's difficult. Yeah. Um, I kind of figured that the Shakari Richardson one might be a little tougher mm-hmm. relative to game sport. Yeah, I threed mm-hmm. that one because both of my opponents uh, had a relatively low game sport. Mm-hmm. And I figure of the game sport, one, it's sport, which, you know, is uh, probably is for most learned leaguers the harder half of that category. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two, uh, a female track athlete is always going yeah. to be the obscure part of sport. 
I think so. Um, maybe maybe the middle third because at least she's American. <laughs> yeah, I ended up with the. Uh, I I did actually also score the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern one a little higher based on people's uh, theater scores certainly, but also film scores, mm-hmm. knowing that there was the movie that came out much more recently. Yeah, reasonable. And that might have. Um, you know, help someone pull it. Um, but yeah, that, and then, then the art question I thought could really throw people off track potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think indeed one of our friends mentioned that they, um, went right to Valley Forge for just no particularly good reason. Yeah. Like, um, they were in the right ballpark. I right. hate those ones where you know it, but you know it just a little bit. You're, you're thinking of it just a little bit off. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. So, so you know, and it left it all in the field. So yep. <laughs> can't, can't complain about that. Yep. Yeah, the, the, only, the, the only thing that, that you need to worry about now is that they somehow boloed your zero. Yeah. <laughs> that that you, you, know, you, you don't want to hand them a dolly, but, right. you know, who knows. Yeah, I put my zeros on uh, Seward's Folly there because mm-hmm. I thought that's that people had pretty good American a- American mm-hmm. history and geography yep. as pretty good scores. So yep. I was like, mm, they're going to get that one. Yep. yep. That's it for today. Tune in tomorrow for more post-game analysis. Follow us at Learned Lag on Blue Sky. And remember, don't forfeit. Don't cheat. <laughs>